So here's what I learned about raising private money. Number one, never ask people for money. Sounds like an oxymoron, but that's the truth. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today we're diving into how to be a lazy investor. How great does that sound? To be lazy and investor. Investor means you're making money. Lazy is meaning you're getting to just enjoy life, kick back, sit on the beach, do whatever uh, in your eyes is lazy. So I'm excited to dive into that topic and who is going to be helping us dive into that is the lazy investor himself, Corey Peterson. And not quite lazy to get to where he is, but that's his ultimate goal. Up, up to this point, he's owner of Cahoon Investments. He strives to provide his investors with stable cash flow returns and long-term capital appreciation by, by buying multifamily apartments. Corey has managed and acquired over $95 million dollars in real estate across the country, best-selling author of Copier Way to Success, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, host of the Multifamily Legacy Podcast, speaks across the country on this subject, including, including Harvard and NASDAQ. Corey is frequently featured on Fox, CBS, ABC, NBC affiliates, and most importantly, on the Creative Real Estate Podcast as today's guest. Corey, take it away. Yeah, man, super excited to be here. You know, uh, I got into real estate with the idea that I wanted two things really bad. I wanted time and money. And unfortunately, when you look around, a lot of times, people that have a lot of money tend to not to have a lot of time. And people that have a lot of time don't seem to have much money. And so uh, when I looked around, I actually found my first mentor. His name was Bruce. Um, he was in real estate. He owned apartments. And um, he had both. There was no denying. Uh, I met this guy about 19 years ago on the beach in Hawaii. It was my mom's husband, now ex-husband, but the richest guy that I knew at the time. And he was living what I call the cash flow life. Like he really had time and money and he could do whatever he pleased. And, you know, and because it was, it was through rents and it was coming in each and every month, whether he worked or not. And I fell in love, I fell in love with that concept. Um, and um, I, I kind of, I got, I didn't really go full blown into real estate at that point. I just left Hawaii thinking this guy was the big kahuna. And, um, about six months later, I read that book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. This was like in 2004. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly, Bruce was a real estate investor. He owned you know, real properties. And so in 2005, I started my own company called Kahuna Investments because I started with the end in mind that I wanted to be on that sunsets and palm trees life in my hammock, you know, hanging 10. Um, and then you go on a journey. You know, real estate's a journey, and uh, much like we could say, much like jeeping, um, which is one of my favorite hobbies to do, is get out there and explore. But uh, a lot of times, when you're jeeping, you know, uh, you break things, and I feel like that's what happened in my real estate career 
early on is that you go in and I started off as a fix and flipper and a wholesaler. Um, and I would make a lot of little mistakes and things would break and I, and I would learn from them and I would say, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do differently. And, and I, I wasn't really living that life that Bruce had set up uh, as a goal for me. I was, re- I was like a chicken with his head cut off, right? I mean, it was just, wow, run around. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people in that, in that single family world are doing because it's, it takes a lot of work and it's not as scalable. Um, I finally kind of had enough with the single family life. And, and what I had found that I got really good at was actually raising private money. I was funding my single family fix and flips with just regular OPM, other people's money. And it seemed to be working really well. We actually raised almost $3 million uh, in 2010. That was pretty, that's a good amount of money to do fix and flips. And then from there, um, when we transitioned into multifamily, um, it just felt like it was the right fit. And actually for the first time, I knew that I was on the right path because I knew that once I got through these, um, these types of deals, that the cash flow would set me free. And that's actually exactly what happened. I bought my first apartment for uh, 2011 for $3.2 million. I was able to raise uh, $1.4 million in other people's money. And um, I kept that property for five years. I sold it in, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I sold it for 8.8 million bucks. And so I made $4.7 million on a piece of property. And really, but that's not what set me free. When I took that $4.7 million and I bought a $12.7 million property and all that money when I was working as my capital in the deal, um, now I make about $400,000 just from that property in passive income for the rest of my life. And the great thing about rental properties is that tenants expect rents to go up and we never disappoint them. <laughs> and so that income stream will keep going up uh, until I decide that one day we maybe want to sell the asset. But um, that's pretty much my uh, experience in, in real estate. And this is the real short version, but like I, I'm a believer that if you want to be lazy, um, you've got to get into passive investing. You got to get. You have to buy things that will pay you time and time again for work done one time. That's great. And do you did your investment group that the, I think you raised one point four million? Um, did did they come with you on the when you upgraded that to the twelve and a half million dollar deal? Or yeah. So actually, uh, we made four point eight million bucks, but two and a half million of it was truly my money. And the rest of the money was the original capital plus all the gains that they had made as well. So collectively, we all went into the next deal. And so, and that's like a win-win-win. I got to make some money up front. My investors got to make money. We all uh, transferred to a new deal and we didn't have to pay taxes. That was pretty sexy. And, um, and so now, and then we're all, we all got pay raises. We all got a bigger income from it. And so, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, I think, buying and holding. And it doesn't matter if it's small single family homes or duplexes, or, you know, we've just chosen to do larger scaling projects. But the truth is, you can have an amazing um, life by just creating passive income for yourself. Because it's the passive income that sets you free. 
for sure. Well, getting there though, wasn't fully lazy. You couldn't just sit back and get there. So, so my question would be, is that uh, any tips or suggestions on, on how to strive to be that lazy investor? Yeah. So the one thing that I can, if I look back in my career and say, Corey, what did you do different than like a lot of the other guys that started in the same time period that I did and why I have so many more zeros behind my net worth is I went and learned how to master raising private capital. If there's anything that I'm pretty good at and I'm not, and I barely made it out of high school, so I'm not that smart. um, And I talk out of one side of my mouth and I'm not that pretty. So I got a lot of things working against me, (laughs) but, but I can talk and communicate to people And um, so here's what I learned about raising private money. Number one, never ask people for money. Sounds like an oxymoron, but that's the truth. Um, Because you take, you put pressure. If you, if I had a deal and I had like some kind of little thing to show you and I went and said, Hey, I got this deal and I want to show it to you, man, that's really fashion forward, man. Like that's too much. And I'm just going to, no matter what, I'm just going to knee jerk and be like, I'm not really interested, man, or maybe, but like, I don't, depends on how much, how well I know you. Or a different approach would be, hey, listen, I think you're the kind of person that could influence a lot of other people and, and you have a lot of influence. And I would like to share with you my business idea because I think you could refer me to someone that may be interested. And I really am looking for your guidance. Can you poke some holes in it? And, you know, now I just took that same person that was skeptical. Now he's being critical. He's really paying attention because he wants to be a good friend or, and poke holes in it. And I've believed this, and this is how I've raised millions of dollars, is that the right people will self-select. And that's how I raised my first piece of private money. I did it by accident. I had a guy named Carl, and I was playing racquetball with him. He was like C65, and I still play racquetball with him. And I was sharing with him my business plan. I was wholesaling at the time and I wanted to be doing fix and flips. And I was like, Carl, these guys that I'm wholesaling for, I'm doing all their remodels. I'm only making like a $2,000 fee and they're making $30,000 when I sell the property for them. Cause I was even managing the whole rehab for these uh, investors. They were making all the money. And I was like, surely, you know, somebody in, he lived in a retirement community. I'm like, sure you, you know, somebody in that retirement community that want their money to work a little harder for them. And so, you know, he's like, well, I'll see what I can do. Well, the next day, Carl calls me. He goes, Corey, do you still want to do that 12%? And in the back of my mind, I was like, man, Carl found somebody. But truly, he goes, Corey, you don't know this, but he goes, my home is totally paid for. I can borrow money at 2.5%. If you pay me 12, I can make a spread. How much money do you need? And that was like the, that's a great question right there. That's the ultimate, how much money do you need? It's not like I only have, or I can only invest. But when they say, how much money do you need? You you truly have shown them that, that you're doing something right and they believe in you. Yeah. So what I learned is just don't ever ask people for money. You ask them who they know. And that way you can share your idea without any pressure and then the right people will usually self-select or will, will actually give you a referral of somebody they think may or may not be interested. And then that, that same person, you do the same setup on, right? And that's how I've, you know, last year, we think we raised $10 million worth of uh, private capital. 
and we still pretty much do it the same way. Now, as I'm seasoned now, we're talking about money. Like when someone's talking with me, we're there. I already know the reason for the call, but, um, but I teach a coach on this a lot for new people. And it's, I teach them the baby steps because that's where I started. The baby steps is who do you know that I should know? Right. I think you have a lot of influence and could, you know, I want you to look at it and poke some holes in it. And I've always gotten really good feedback from people that, cause then they're really engaged with you and they, they tend to understand what you're trying to do. And the more people that understand what you're doing, the better your chances are getting to get private capital. And so, and the second thing, if I was, if I was doing single family stuff is you have what's called a private money program. So what is a private money program? It's just like, you know, like if you go get a hard money loan from a lender or any lender, they give you the rules. Here's what you can do. Here's the LTV. Here's how much interest. Well, your, pri- your own private money program is going to disclose your rules for them to give you their money. And so, and you know, it doesn't have to be big or thick, but I've got one that, you know, it's probably about 15 pages and it's just a nice little piece of a PDF that you could give an investor say, here's how people give me money. Here's my process. Here's how it works. Here's how we pay. Here's how much we pay. And this is how we would like to transact and do business. And people will read it and they're like, okay, well, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, you know, how much money are you looking to invest? Most investors come in with a couple hundred thousand dollars. Is that you or do you want to do a little bit more? That's one of my favorite, my favorite closes, by the way. Never ask for small amounts of money. I learned this as a financial advisor is like when we were placing, you know, at calling people doing phone work. Uh, if you ask for $25,000 bond, you're going to get a $25,000 bond, but maybe less. If you ask for 100000 they're like, oh, you know, that's a lot. Well, how close to $100,000 can you come? Well, I can do seventy-five. You know, but you're not getting 20 and you're not getting small, you know, the small amount. So I always ask for big money. And um, how, how many at that time when you were doing that, how many times did you watch the movie Boiler Room? Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> well, that and I'll t- uh, what's the new movie with, um, gosh, what's the salesman? Uh, the guy that got into uh, jail, um, Leonardo DiCaprio played him. Um, yes, I've yeah, seen. Okay, we, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, I know I've. Yes, I, I it's, it's on my tongue and I can't get it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we watched that one too because like he's talking to or no, it is. You're right, bully room. He's like, hold on, and he's like, the best I can do is blank. You know, uh, fifty thousand shares. He's like fifty thousand, and that's what happens. And then they're like, well, well, how can I buy more? Right? I mean, it's it's always the same. And it's that knee-jerk reaction that people have. And so it is, it is a beautiful thing. And it really is sales. It is part of um, salesmanship. And I say salesmanship, but really it's just being true to, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what our minimum is. And then see where the chips fall. And people just want to have dialogue. And the most important thing about money is that it's very, usually it's taboo for a lot of people, right? I mean, I, I didn't grow up talking about money. Like the only time when we had money, my family knew how to spend it all. And so, but, but believe it or not, there are a lot of wealthy people out there and they're walking every day. And the thing about them is they don't wear their net worth on their, on their forehead. Like you don't know these things. So you have to have you know, constant communication with people and sharing your ideals. And if you share it enough, the right people will say, gosh, I'm interested and give you an opportunity 
to let you tell more. And really that is the basis of raising a, a crap ton of money. And then being able to meet your goal of being a lazy investor. Yeah, because you take all that money and that's really all I get is, man, and I, this is why I focus on the money because listen, the money makes all the rules, okay? That's called the Corey Leone method <laughs> is that if you have the money, the money's always patient. The money's always gets the last look. The money negotiates out of strength. The money, I used to think money's in real estate, but the money is in the money. And if and it doesn't have to be your money, you just have to be able to control it and command it. And the reason I get to do and live this wonderful lifestyle is because I knew how to, to aggregate capital and then place it in the vehicle called apartments. And you know, and then we still gotta watch the apartments and but we can hire people and systems and processes to manage that process for us. And then my real job is to manage the people that invest with me. And that's what I do today is I, I pretty much just manage the money. It's a great job. So how do you, a lot of people say, I don't want to have other people's money. I'm, I, that keeps me up at night. That to me actually is not lazy. That's, that's very stressful. So what would be your take on, on that? Get better training. <laughs> Like learn, learn your skill better because like I sleep like a baby, right? And listen, nothing's certain. Like there's risk no matter what. And so, but it's a very calculated risk. When you do this business right, the reason I'm a good multifamily investor is I paid and bought a lot of courses and I went and had a lot of mentors and I did the homework. I, I wasn't lazy, right? I was very active investor learning the business, and I got good at it and I took a lot of notes and then I didn't just go, you know, um, and be stupid. I asked for help a lot, raised my hand a lot. And because of that, I'm a way better. And now did I make some mistakes? Have I lost some people's money? Yes, I have, right? I'm not perfect. And guess what? Half of those people reinvest in another deal. The ones that were brand new their very first time, I'll never see them again. Right. And that's, you know, so that sucks. I didn't lose their money. I got, I got their principal back, but I didn't make them any money, any profit. Right. So, you know, but it's okay. Like, listen, if you're not comfortable doing an apartment, do a small deal and, but leverage is a, is a double-edged sword. And so you have to understand the risk of what you're doing and making sure that you're making very sound and very wise decisions um, because at the end of the day, sleeping like a baby is one of the most important things in life. For sure. Well, what, what's, what's kind of next? I mean, say you, you've hit that goal of being that lazy investor um, and you have the capital coming in, you have the deals coming in. Uh, what would you say next? Legacy, I mean, what, man. Okay. Legacy. That's my, I love that word. Um, I want to create a legacy. My, my, my kids, I got a feeling my kids, my, you know, my, they're 14 and 15. Um, they have shown an interest in, in wanting to learn the family business. And I don't think I'll ever stop. Like, listen, if like, this is how fast apartments deal. Like if we do one to two deals a year, that's fast. Like we're doing a lot of work, but not really. Right. But like, even if I just bought one apartment a deal a year, I mean, I just enjoy the journey. The journey is the reward. And, like, the lifestyle that I get to live, it, 
So uh, again, I took my, my life goals. This is really the important part of how I approached real estate is I took who I wanted to be as Corey Peterson. I wanted to Jeep. I wanted to, I have a motorcycle. I love to ride. And you know, I have kids. I'm a full-time dad, right? I put all those things. That was my priorities first. And then I laid my business on top of that and said, it has to fit in the cracks and it has to, or I'm not doing it. And, and I'm a pretty busy guy. I have a podcast. I teach, I coach. So, but we just got good at time management and then, and blocking off um, kids events, no travel during kids events. My kids are in high school right now. I'm not missing high school for nothing, you know? So um, that's what I would tell you to do is, is, is be intentional. Make sure you put your, your, your priorities first and make your business fit in the cracks. And you can, you can really do it in today's, like we have calendars, use it. Time for sure. For sure. I think it's kind of the analogy they, they give you with like a couple big rocks and then a couple small rocks and a bunch of sand. And they say, you know, fill this. It has to be, there's no, no gaps in this jar for everything to fit. And most people will go ahead and pour the, all the small stuff, as they say, you know, the sand in, and then they try to put the rocks, the big rocks up on top and you have all those voids. So then you can't fit all of that into the jar and the people that put the big rocks in there and then pour the sand in after that fills, as you said, the gaps, it literally fills in physically the gaps so you can fit everything that you want in there, but you have to start with the big rocks first and then, you know, fill in the small stuff after. And essentially if you worry and focus on the small things, which is like each individual deal or each day versus the big picture, the lifelong goals, then um, it will not physically fit into that, that jar or and it gets chaotic. Yeah. And it gets yeah. chaotic. That's a great metaphor, by the way, because that really is the epitome of what I think most people are trying to achieve. Like I, I, I really believe it comes down to, we all want time and money, hmm. right? That, that's the goal is to have some time uh, so you can go spend some of your money and, and have a pretty good fun life and, and do things that you want to do, not because you have to do it. And so with me, uh, you know, my crusade has been once I learned how to raise private money, I knew I could do bigger deals. And so, I, and I leveraged that because, you know, having available capital is what allows you to purchase more deals and, or bigger deals. And um, that's just kind of my, once I learned the power of that, then you just had to learn and respect it. Right. And that's really what the question that you alluded to earlier, which is, you know, if people, not everybody wants to do leverage, right. Or raise money because it's, um, it's scary and it can be, you're right, but it also can be very rewarding, but you just got to treat it with respect. Yep. That's for yeah. sure. Well, any, uh, any other tips on just starting, raising that first bit of capital? I know we were talking about yeah. kind of the lazy investor, but you got it to get there. You gotta, you gotta get your feet wet somewhere. Yeah. So, so it starts even to like say, Corey, what do you do? Right. This is like, Corey, what do you do? If I say I'm in real estate, wrong answer. That's not going to work because then they're going to say, well, so you're a realtor. And, and that's never, I mean, I apologize to all the realtors listening, but that's never a good idea. So you've got to get yourself off of that. And the best way to do it is Corey, what do you do? You know, I buy apartments across the country that provide my investors with a solid return and a nice back end. 
how's the market treating you, Jason? Oh, and, I, I don't know, Corey. It, I don't have any looked at my stocks. I think they've, they've tanked. Yeah. You know, well, what do you own? So like, but now we're talking about money. Yeah. And so no matter what you, and that's the beauty of, beautiful part about it is no matter what you say, Jason, we're probably going to be talking about money. And that's where now I'm framing stuff. And if you were really asked me a couple more questions about Corey, how does that work with apartments? How does it work? I'd be like, Hey, Jason, um, listen, I love to tell you all this stuff, but like, can we just be intentional? Um, let's, can we just do coffee next week? And let me kind of share with you what I do. Cause I think Jason, you're the kind of person that could uh, really turn me on to some people that, that you know, I think you have a lot of influence. Would that be okay? I really want you to poke, poke some holes in it. That's awesome. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So like, boom. And like, let's grab our phones and let's schedule up and done. And that's really the beauty of, you know, that's a real small version of what we're doing on podcast, but it really happens a lot of times just like that. As I'm having some conversation with people, they ask me what I do and they start, once they start asking lots of questions, it's then time to do the Heisman. Because if you throw up and vomit on somebody, give them all the information, they're going to make a decision. And, and you're not in the right spot or place for them to try to make a decision. You just want to be like, hey, that's great. I, you sound like you have a lot of questions. Let's be intentional. And I love that word, let's be intentional. Because it really is, we're changing now the dynamic. And now we're going to, let's go ahead and let's set some coffee. Let me share with you what I'm doing and, and let you poke some holes in it. I think you could probably refer me to people. I think that'd be cool. That's great. And, and then we're going and now we're having, whether you're, it's your deal, your you know, fix and flip or whatever it is, you can talk about that thing and let them, you know, hey, let me know if you know of anybody that's interested. Well, I'm interested. Okay, well, yeah. Why not? And that's what happens just like that. For sure. <laughs> well, before we take a quick break here for our sponsor, let's, let's dive into a couple – couple minutes of your jeeping because I, I, I think that is why you wanted to get into this from the very beginning and I think that's super powerful that like you came into this and said I want to go jeeping I want to take my jeep and I want to go explore with myself and friends and family and you were super intentional about that and I think that's what's allowed you to get to be where you were so I would love for the listeners just to like hear a fun Jeep story, just to like, just to motivate them to say, okay, what's, what's my Jeep thing? So yeah, what's, what's your, what's your favorite Jeep, Jeep story? You know, I just had a great one. <laughs> I, you know, I love, I love going out. I like really advanced rock crawling. My wife, not so much. She likes to go uh, overlanding just in going on trails and stuff. And so rock crawling is a little bit different. It's way more difficult and your Jeep, you're putting your Jeep in extreme situations. And, um, and my wife doesn't really like those extreme. It's very nervous for her. But, um, but it's a lot like real estate investing sometimes because when we do things that are new or you're on a different route and you don't know what's going on, it's like, hold on, you got to stop. You got to get out your Jeep. You got to look at the obstacle. And you're trying to formulate a plan. And it really correlates exactly with real estate in a lot of ways. And I think that's why I enjoy it. It says then you got to kind of you plan your route and then you attempt it. And sometimes it works. But more often than not, you've got to make another adjustment. You know, oh, wait, Corey, you need a bumper on this and get up this tire on this spot. So then, And then you usually have a spotter. 
And this is what, and so that's, that's your mentor, right? When you're doing and you're in the real estate business, you'll have a spotter. He'll be on his radio. It's like, all right, line up, you know, more to the right, take the right. And they're help guiding your tires to get you over these obstacles. And sometimes you'll go with guys that have already been on the trail and they already know. And they're like, they're like, hold on. Here's how you're going to watch me. I'm going to do it. And you're like, Oh my God, that's exactly the line. And much like real estate investing is, if you have a coach or a mentor, I think that they will help you uh, uh, not break your cheapest, might not not have to replace so many parts. Um, and but I love I love the correlation between jeeping and real estate investing. Um, it is a passion of mine, um, and I think it's a lot of fun. And it lets me live a lifestyle that I get to go explore and do and have fun all at the same time. That's awesome. And the biggest question is, is I see you have your sweet logo on your Jeep. Is your Jeep a write-off or just a, a marketing, marketing tool? Everything is a write-off. If we make a video, it's production. So what I've learned is you can write off a lot of things for production value, right? If you need a muffler, because you got to have the sound, you got to have some parts to climb a rock, it's production uh, quality because you're, you're creating movies. Hey, there you go right there. So that, I think that's a lot of, a lot of goal is, is to uh, make your, your fun a write-off and have enough money to be able to actually write off. And then you're getting to do it all, getting to be successful, getting to do your fun Jeep stuff and not having to pay a massive amount of taxes to the tax man. That's a triple win right there. So Amen to that, let's take a, yeah, exactly. Let's take a quick break here from a sponsor. And we'll come back with the final five with Corey Peterson. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I am thrilled and excited to announce the launch of my brand new, brand new YouTube channel. So I don't know if you like YouTube or not, if you watch YouTube or not, but if you do, head over and please subscribe to the Apartment Investing Show. This YouTube channel is 100% about apartments only. If you're looking to fix and flip, not the right show for you. If you're looking to invest in hotels, not the right show for you. This is the apartment investing show. And I mean the apartment investing show. And I'm thrilled and excited about it. If you can, do me a giant favor. Run over there right now. If you're a YouTube watcher and find the apartment investing show, please give me a rating and a review. Like give us a thumbs up and subscribe. Click that bell. We're going to be pushing out some amazing content on the YouTube channel. So if you are looking to scale and grow and get into apartments, whether it's syndication or just owning these on your own, the Apartment Investing Show is the right show for you. Go look for the Apartment Investing Show on YouTube right now, and I'll see you there. We are back. Corey, the lazy investor, Jeep master himself, Peterson, going to dive right into what is the most creative real estate deal that you have been involved in? My most creative real estate deal was actually, it was really just my first apartment deal. Um, I, I got in the deal just by chance. Uh, I went to an event. Um, I did something totally different that I've never done before, which is I said, Hey, listen, I got a crap ton of money. I'm looking for some deals. Are there any deals out there? And I had a couple guys that approached me. Actually the whole room approached me that week for, um, you know, here's my deal, Corey, here's my deal. And I got to find the right deal and I negotiated a 75% ownership because they had $150,000 hard and they had to close in 30 days or they're going to lose all their money. 
And so I was able to uh, fund the whole thing. And that's the one I made that 4.7 million bucks on. That's awesome. A lot of times we hear the creative one is the first deal. And I think that's motivation for everyone is, I mean, these, a lot of people like yourself have done tons, $95 million of deals. And the one you're most proud of, the most creative is your first one. And that's not uncommon. It's the most, it's it's the most memorable because it's the hardest. You had to put so much time and effort into it. For sure. Well, we like to ask, where do you see kind of the market uh, in the future normally put out five years and kind of where do you see yourself in five years? So any specifics you kind of envision the real estate market looking like in the future? It'll look the same and a little bit different, right? Like it'll see people still be renting properties. There'll still be new construction going on. The great thing about apartments is I don't even care, right? Listen, my plan is I'll probably be on the beach somewhere. I'll have a team. Um, We'll buy two or three properties a year. Um, There'll always be some value uh, opportunities of of operators that are not seasoned or not good. They don't have good systems and processes. They probably will run out of money um, and they'll have to sell it, you know, at a discount. And those are the properties that we'll find. We'll find those and we find them in every market. We're finding them, you know, pre-COVID. We found deals then. We're going to find deals after COVID. So that's the job is to find needles in the haystack and then fix the broken stuff. For sure. So you can go break something on your Jeep. That's it. So. <laughs> well, what, uh, what's a favorite book or, or podcast or something out right now that you're kind of caught up in and really enjoying that you like to share with the listeners? We just read as a team this book called Giftology. And it is a great book because uh, and we're employing this whole process of so I'll give an example. I mean, I got uh, this one guy, I spoke on his podcast, uh, and, and I actually, his name's Damon Lupo um, with EQRP. And he did something that I really, it caught my attention. And then now that I read the book, I understand what he did. Because I was like, you read this book? He said, yeah. And so he sent me a Yeti, a Yeti cooler, right? And it was branded, it had this honey badger emblem on top. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, I don't ever, I've never seen a honey badger on a Yeti. And so he's like, and then I open up the Yeti and in there is just like, hey man, you're the honey badger. The honey badger is a loyal, um, you know, devoted and, and can figure things out and uh, a, give, a giver. And um, it was just this whole write-up of what it meant. And like, and we're proud and honored to be partnered with you. And, uh, what is, and I was like, what? And my response was like, I immediately called him and I was like, I want to do more business with this guy. And so that's the way a real gift works. And I, I, a couple ways you do it, I, I started with just doing handwritten letters. But um, to give really unique, top of mind, not crap, not crap gifts, but like that was a really good gift. Like those Yetis are like 300 bucks. And like they're, they're considered top in class. And, you know, do you own one? I don't. I mean, I do. I got one now, but I never I, – I don't know if I'd go spend three hundred dollars on a Yeti cooler. Yeah, but they, so it was great to give it as. Cat- a, yeah, it yeah. So it was nice to get it. Sure. Yeah, as a gift, you're like, and it's something that I'll use again and again. And so the, that book is just really about how to find those types of gifts and how to be listening for the opportunities to give and, and really um, love on your clients and your people or the people that you want to get to know. And um, we're going to implement it big time. So I'm super excited. Awesome. That's how, like, that's why I, I'm loving that book right now. Great. Well, I'm, I'm uh, we'll be interested and excited to see what 
what your ultimate kind of giftology package is. So I know as creative a guy as you are, you'll, you'll think of some cool stuff. So yeah, that's fun. for sure. Well, what, what's a way that you like to give back to the real estate community? Cause the real estate communities put you in a position to, to be living the, the lazy investor lifestyle. So what, what's a way you like to give back to it to help others? Man. Um, well, first of all, I, I teach and coach, right? So I, I've always believed that no matter what you are doing and where you're at, you should be a student and a teacher. And so um, I teach, uh, you know, I've, I've, my podcast is Multifamily Legacy Podcast, and it's my outlet to share everything I know. I mean, I just, I share it all. Um, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I, a lot of times I share my mistakes, the dirt. So I don't think people talk about the dirt enough. And, and really that's, that is my outlet and why I created it is I wanted to be able to look back on my life and say that I left enough crumbs that people could see the path that I blaze. That's awesome. And I, I yeah. think we, we might uh, beat the analogy of the Jeep and real estate enough, but uh, I think even your comment about the, the mud isn't shown enough. That's when it comes to real estate, people want their fancy cars, shiny, looking brand new, and they don't want to show the, the mud and and you're saying right there, man, I want to show the mud. I want to get my Jeep dirty. I want to show it. That's where I've been. And, and the legacy is kind of how much mud you, you got and how much yeah, mud man. you were able to go through. You know, there's a, uh, there's a movie with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves called The Devil's Advocate. And there's a scene in that movie where Al Pacino's playing the devil and he's getting ready and he's dressed like plain clothes. And Kevin is actually the lawyer that works for Al Pacino and he's this fancy suit, got the perfect pocket square, and yet they're going in the subway. And uh, Al Pacino looks at uh, you know, Keanu Reeves and goes, Kevin, the problem with you is that everybody sees you coming, you know, in that Al Pacino way. And, um, and I, I just said, that's exactly who I don't want to be. I want to be the guy that's a multi-multi-millionaire that you don't even know that is sitting right next to you. And when someone says, hey – let's go to Hawaii and learn, let's go on this trip. And I'm like, dude, that sounds awesome. And then I just took out my phone and VRBO does bad, you know, bad place. And like, Hey, it's booked. Let's we're going. And they're like, what? Yeah, we're going, man. That's how I want to be. It's awesome. Well, uh, what's the one way if people want to dive in a little more, ask you a question, share some jeeping trails with you. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? And we'll throw it in the show notes below. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll say two ways. Multifamily legacy podcast is, is where you can get learn and get fed. And then kahunawealthbuilders.com is our, our actual site for teaching and coaching. We have a contact us uh, page in there that you can uh, reach out and our team or, or probably not me, but my team will get a hold of and then help uh, facilitate any questions you may have. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, I'm going to do a little recap. We don't always do it, but I have, I have a bunch of notes here. So I'm just going to, you know, shoot through them. It's like your goal was time and money. You wanted both. You did it wrong at the beginning. You've made the pivot. You ultimately said, I want to be that lazy investor. I want to go cheap. I want to live the lifestyle. So you built what you want to do around that. Um, you know, you filled the biz into the cracks and the big, big rocks where your life and life goals also your legacy. Uh, you don't ask for money. You ask for influence. So who they might know, you ask them uh, if they know someone, you kind of punch punch holes in it, I think is, is your term. 
you're intentional and and you're looking just to to build a legacy and give back and and be a great person. So I think that's I think that's you it. summed it up, bro. That's that's exactly who I want to be. And you know, I'm imperfect at most of the times, but my desire is to be that person uh, as much as I can and just to to share the light and love on people and honestly, you know, smiles are free and if you give it enough, people will smile back. I I'm just going to just be quiet because that right there is a great way to end the show. So we're going to end with, uh, as always, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Jason Lewis and myself, Adam Adams, are grateful to have you as a loyal listener. And I do have one quick favor to ask is... If you are looking for apartment investing, then go to apartmentinvestingshow.com. That is the brand new YouTube channel that I just launched. Brand new YouTube channel. Uh, Again, this is only for apartment investing. That's all we talk about there. It is the apartment investing show and you can find it by going to apartmentinvestingshow.com.